you're listening to Gearing Up, an everyday carry podcast, a show that's made for the community, featuring interviews with makers, creators, and members of the community, and discussions on current trends in the industry. Follow along as we talk about life, gear, hobbies, and more. And be sure to stay tuned for new episodes every week. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. Sorry about last week's absence. Uh, I took a week off, spent some time with uh, my son, and focused on the day job. But we're back, and today we're talking to one of my favorite creators in the space, Mr. John Brown, the genius behind Scoofy Loops. I really hope you guys enjoy this. I had a blast talking with him uh, and, and kind of picking his brain. So thank you guys for the continued support. Hope you like our talk. Peace. Hey everyone, welcome to Gearing Up. Today uh, I'm joined by uh, a guest, uh, someone I'm very excited to talk to, someone to chat with. Um, you guys have seen his work, whether it's on my page or, I mean, you're one of the 40, what is it, 44-ish thousand followers he's got right now on Instagram, crushing it. Uh, but today I'm joined by Mr. John Brown, mastermind behind Scoopy Loops, <laughs> the most legit lanyard beads in the business. How are you, John? I'm doing great, man. I appreciate you having me on, Greg. Good, yes, sir, man. I'm. I, I was excited. I was telling you before we hit record. Like, I'm. I'm super stoked to have you on. I'm. I'm excited to chat, and uh, it's. It's an honor having you on. So, thanks for carving out some time to do it. Absolutely, man. Anytime. So, you know, for those that don't know, um, which if they're listening to this, I'm sure they do know who you are. But just a just a quick. Uh, you know, elevator pitch, uh, as I call it, <laughs> like, what right. is, what is Scoopy Loops? Like, what do you do with this brand? What is it? Who are you? That kind of thing. All right. Well, so, it's kind of funny, man. Cause Scoopy Loops, when I first, first off, Scoopy Loops was never meant to be a brand of any sort whatsoever. Uh, I used to use, so I used to have an email. It was JB1163 at hotmail.com. Right. So, uh-huh. uh, it just became inundated with spam and just, bullshit. So mm-hmm. I, um, at the time I wanted to get rid of this email. So like anybody, I think that owns a dog has a million different names for their dog. So one of the names I called my dog for whatever reason, I don't know was Scoopy loops. And so okay. I changed my hotmail to Scoopy loops at hotmail.com. Uh-huh. And then at the time I was big into Xbox. Uh, so I was a Scoopy loops Xbox. That was my name on Xbox. And then, right. uh, I was big into Twitter, probably, I don't even know, man, probably like 2007, 2008. So okay. I'm sure if you really dug back, I'm, it's probably embarrassing. I don't even know what all I said on there, but I was <laughs> at Scoopy Loops on Twitter. And then uh, when I hopped on Instagram in 2014, uh, I was actually at Poopy Loops when I first got on there <laughs> because there was some there was some count, account that had Scoopy Loops and there was no post, nothing. So I was just like, I went with Poopy Loops. And so it's funny when I first made a lanyard bead at all, uh, which would have been, I don't even know, probably August, September of 2014, I was Poopy Loops. So Scoopy Loops oh could goodness. have very easily been Poopy Loops. <laughs> very easily. So, um, oh. so anyway, yeah, dude. So Scoopy Loops was just a username that I used. And, uh, uh-huh. you know, and, it's, it's kind of crazy, man. So I like started making beads um, just for fun. Cause I, it's, I mean, there's, there's a lot to it, but I, that's kind of when I started discovering knives, but yeah, man, Scooby loop. So 
it's, you know, I make the beads, I do bottle openers, I've done coins. Um, But I mean, really at heart, I'm just, I'm a collector like everybody else. I mean, that's really what got me into it. And then I just happened to have the machines and the know-how to do some machining. And so that's kind of of the quick, quick synopsis of it. Right on. Yeah. So, and that's something that interests me too, is you, you took, so you're, Scoopy Loops is not your your main uh, gig, right? So you've got a day job. What do you, you care to share a little bit about that? Sure, like, sure. How so, that background fits in? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been I've worked at the current machine shop I'm at for 13 years, and that's actually the only place I've ever done machine work. So uh, my wife, um, her, it's it's actually been uh, my father in law who owns the business. Um, he started. I believe in 1974 and then wow, okay. his father-in-law, his father-in-law owned the shop originally. And, uh, in 1999, uh, Mike, my father-in-law, he bought the company. And then, so in 2008, well, 2007, I guess, um, he hired me in at the time I was doing, I was a courier. I was doing this night route courier stuff. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it, it was good money for at the time for a, you know, like a 26 year old, but you know, it wasn't something you want to, do long-term. So he, you know, approached me about maybe working at the shop. I knew absolutely nothing. I knew what a mill and a lathe were, but, right. but I had no idea what went on there. So basically I apprenticed, uh, at the machine shop. Um, so I machined in the shop for 11 years. I've been there 13 years. Uh, so I was a machinist for 11 years and, I, and I'm still a machinist, but my uh-huh. day-to-day job at this point is I've kind of moved out of machining in our shop and now I'm kind of up in the office and well, not kind of in the office, I'm in the office, but I just right. basically do all the day-to-day business stuff. And it's kind of like a transition right now. Um, yeah. you know, my father-in-law still works there and you know, he's there every day, but he's doing a little more hands off on the business side. So these days I'm doing a lot of quoting, a lot of confirming purchase sure. orders, all, all that kind of good stuff. And, uh, so yeah, so that's kind of where, I learned how to machine when I came in, I knew nothing right. and, you know, just do like anything you do it enough. You get pretty good at it. Absolutely. So, so like what uh, on a normal day, I mean, like what kind of parts and stuff do you guys machine there at the shop that uh, obviously you've got sure. this machinery and all that stuff and equipment. What, what right. kind of equipment are you guys working with? So we've got, we've got, if anyone that, that knows anything about uh, CNC equipment, uh, <laughs> we're very, all, all our lathes are Mazak brand. So, we okay. are Mazak heavy. We've got three Haas mills and we're primarily do, uh, we're in the pump industry. And by okay. that we really wanted to by design, it was just kind of what we fell into. But so we do a lot of fire pump stuff and, uh, by fire pump, you know, a, a sprinkler system in a building, it's gotta be the water that's pushed through the sprinkler has to be, you know, powered by a pump. So sure. We make a lot of the components that go in these pumps. We do a lot of, there's mobile drilling rigs that exist. And I mean, we're at, at our core, we're still a job shop. So, you know, anybody can walk in off the street and, you know, we'll entertain doing a job, but we have like four companies that we do most of our work for, but mm-hmm. yeah, we're basically doing components for uh, fire pumps, sprinkler systems, and all the way to, you know, industrial pumps, you know, you got a flooded basement, you got to, you got to pump yeah. the water, that kind of stuff. So it's nothing super exciting, but it's, you know, it's worth. No, but it's, to me, it's cool <laughs> to know the, uh, the, the, the connection behind, 
you know, and you're, you're not the first person I've talked to where, you know, you've got a day job that, that yeah. has some really heavy ties into how you spend time in, in, in the community. So it's, it's Absolutely. cool to hear that. It's cool to learn that. So, yeah. So you've got this job as a machinist, you're learning, you're, you're, you're honing in those skills and you're all the while you're a, a knife collector or when, when did like the everyday carry stuff start for you? <laughs> the everyday carry stuff for me started. So, um, so how we're going so for the longest time, I, I, I don't know if you ever owned a Blackberry or not, but I was, I was Blackberry <laughs> yeah. guy. You know what I mean? Okay. I didn't, yeah. I needed the physical keyboard. I'm not getting rid of my Blackberry. And right. uh, so I was on vacation 2014 and I dropped my Blackberry on the tile floor uh, in the condo we were staying Ouch. in. So, and at that time I was glued to Twitter. All right. So I broke my phone and the, the screen wouldn't work at all. So I was like, I got to have a phone. I got to have my Twitter, man. I got to have it. So, <laughs> so my wife and I, we go to a T-Mobile store and we get new phones and I decided to retire the Blackberry and I picked up a Galaxy. All right. Uh-huh. So, so I get back to the condo, you know, like any phone you play around. Well, I was excited to be able to get on Instagram because you, the platform didn't exist on Blackberry. So, you right. know, it was, so it was Android or iPhone. So uh, one of the first things I did was actually download the uh, Instagram app. So this this would have been July of 2014. Uh-huh. And uh, so I got on there and played around. And then I don't remember how it worked at the time. I'm going to guess there had to be a tie between like Facebook friends and it suggesting people. And uh, so I got on there. And one of the people it suggested uh, was Joe Bowman, which I'm sure a lot of people know is Joe at Joe Bananas on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> and I've known Joe, man, for like shit, man, I don't even know, like 27 or 28 years. Wow. We went to elementary school together. Like, wow. I've known known him a long time. So at the time, um, you know, being in a machine shop, I think everybody, you know, growing up, their their dad or whoever, you know, whatever male figure was around, it's like everybody had a knife. I remember my dad always having a pocket knife on him. So, you know, as I got into the machine shop, I was just cutting a lot of stuff open boxes, steel comes wrapped in plastic. So I always had a knife on me. Um, and I remember like in 2012 or 13, I remember, uh, getting a Kershaw leak or, and it was like, <laughs> dude, that's so That spring assistant. That's, that's the open. gateway knife for right? everyone. It seems <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. I mean, that thing was just badass. Like, Oh, that's yeah. showing everybody. So, um, so anyway, I get on there, I find Joe, I was like, Oh, Joe. And so I follow him and his whole account is knives. And I'm just like, you know, kind of lurking in the background for the longest time, just kind of like checking out his stuff and following him led me to finding other knife people. And so I became pretty fascinated with all these custom knives and even like the production stuff I was seeing. I was like, dude, these are badass. Like, where do you get these at? Yeah. So, um, after, you know, months had passed, a lot of interaction between me and Joe, uh, he was like, hey, man, let me give you a call sometime. So I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, man, it'd be good to catch up. So he calls, we talk. And dude, that was like that. I fell down the rabbit hole so hard so began. and so quick. <laughs> and I'm kind of got, I, dude, I have a majorly like addictive personality. When I decide I like something, I go full on. There's like, I'm in, I'm in. So I started getting into the knives and, you know, started spider co's and stuff like that and then after seeing all this custom stuff um dude i went like full head on 
dive Pete Rose style straight into like custom stuff. Cause man. like I said, man, it's just like, I was like, I got to have this stuff. How do I yeah. get this stuff? And then it was like, you know, and I think too, it's like everybody that gets into collecting first, it's like the bigger the knife, the better. I think everybody right. does that. Everybody so, goes through that phase. Yeah. So, you know, so I got on there and then, so a few months in, it was actually, uh, Joe had a, a bead on a knife and, being a machinist, I could tell that somebody had made that. It didn't look like something that was production or anything like that. So right. uh, I just happened to ask him, I was like, what's up with the bead? I was like, I don't, I don't really get it, but that seems cool. I like that that's on there. So that was a, um, a bead by Brad Blunt of JBB knives. And, yeah. Uh, so I'm asking about like, That's cool. I'm like, well, how do you get that? Like, wh- where do I buy that at? He's like, uh, then he starts explaining, like, you can't just buy them. They're not, something you just buy on the internet. So he starts explaining it to me. I'm like, well, how much did that cost you? And he's like, I don't know what it was from him. And he's like, I bought it from somebody else. I think I paid like 180 bucks for it. I'm like, what? <laughs> like for a bee? I was like, really? And at the same time, reaction everyone has the first yeah, time they hear dude. something like that. Yeah. For real. I'm just like, that's freaking nuts. I was like, why would you pay that much for a bee? That's insane. <laughs> like, that's just stupid, man. Uh, and so, you know, it was whatever. And that was the initial conversation yeah. as far as like beads go. And as time went on, uh, I finally, I was talking to Joe one time. I was like, man, I think we're like try to make a bead. He's like, can you make a bead? And he, he didn't even know I machined at the time. We really hadn't talked right. about any of that. And so, you know, we started talking. I was like, yeah, man, I think I'm just going to like, I just don't want to pay 180 bucks for a bead. I'm just going to make my own. And so it's kind of weird, man. Like, so when I did that, you know, I, I mess, I still have a bunch of beads like that. I tried to make in the beginning and dude, there are some hideous creations <laughs> that came out and, uh, but I have them all. And then I finally kind of had anyone that like follows me enough to kind of know that regular style that I always do. Um, I did something similar to that. And, uh, Joe, Joe might've been being nice at the time. I don't know, but he, he built me up enough where I was like, it seemed like a really good idea. He's like, you should make some. And I'm like, all right. So at the time I, I made, he was good friends. I don't know if you know, like the wieners and steel guys. Um, Uh he was good friends with those guys. And, uh, there were some other, you know, just other people in knife community he was friends with. So I actually gave some to Joe, uh, to keep, I was like, dude, give some away to your buddies, like whatever. Oh man, dude, at the time, honestly, I feel like the whole thing that I did, I got, I, I think I had a good idea, but I think I also got lucky and came in at a time like on Instagram at the time, no one was selling anything like that on. Right. And it's not like I made it and like, Oh, I was like selling out and selling them like crazy. I remember the first time I made anything, I mean, it, I, I would get a sell. I'd be able to sell one like here or there just because somebody would DM me or something. But, yeah. you know, it's not like it just took off. Uh, it wasn't until like 2015 where I actually did a website. I did Etsy originally. I had I had stuff on Etsy and uh-huh. I did a little website drop and it sold out in like a minute, dude. And I was like, <laughs> mind okay. blown, mind blown. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's crazy. But yeah, man. I just, that all of 2014, I don't really think I made much of anything as far as money goes. I was just spending money to try to like get something out once, once I noticed there was some interest in it, uh, yeah. what it turned into, <laughs> it still blows my mind. Like, yeah, I, I mean, you've in, in 
six years, right? Five, five, six years. Yep, you six have years. you have gone from random one offs and Etsy drops to continuously. I mean, if I go to scoopyloops.com right now, it's literally every listing is sold out. And 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 so that's one thing that I did want to talk about is this idea of the drop, right? And so right. that's one thing that's always really intrigued me about you and your work. And and you are not the only one that does this. And and it kind of sounded like you were referencing it earlier with um you know when when Joe said something, you know, this is not one you just buy. You you know, it's not just I, I remember I think right. Coke was like the first person that I found out where I was like, what? I just I can't just go hit add to cart. Right. right. And, and it like blew my mind. And so and I think that, you know, it, there's obviously a combination of things where, uh, you know, right place, right time, that yes. that kind of market didn't really exist. And, and that's something that you have kind of kept up with over time. And, and you've definitely gotten creative here and there with random little Facebook group drops or whatever. But, right. you know, the, the drop, was that always your intention to just have drops here and there or? No. You know, at some point, were you thinking I'm going to have a steady supply all the time or what? I mean, what, walk me through that, that part of the the business. Um, it, it, well, first off, it's funny you mentioned Justin Coke because Justin was actually the very first person to ever reach out to me besides Joe and ask me about beads. So I've known Justin since I started this and yeah. Uh, no, man, that was never my plan. And honestly, I still, I still don't really have like a concrete plan. Um, the yeah. drops. Website drops, like originally I just had them on my Instagram and hey, if you want one, hit me up. Yeah. And then, um, like I said, around 2015, uh, the demand, I just was getting messages left and right at the time. And it was just, I was like, I was overwhelmed, honestly. It was just like, sure. I was humbled, overwhelmed. I was like, I don't know what to do with this. Like, so the, I had done, like I said, I had done some Etsy stuff, but you know, it was, it was never like big website drops. I might do. 25 or 30 beads. And that's really all I was making at the time was mm -hmm. that many. And I would just throw them on there. And April, 2015. So like I said, I did the Etsy stuff and I was mostly using the Etsy just mainly out of convenience, just because people sure. could buy it, their shipping address. It was easy. Um, so, and plus I felt like it was an easier way for people to maybe find them. I'd let people know about the heads up. And then, so April, 2015, um, that's, I left that did stop doing the Etsy stuff. And then I purchased like a big cartel store, which I still use the same one to this day. And mm -hmm. so I, for like, it was like two and a half months, man, it was a all titanium lanyard bead drop. And I kind of built it up, letting people know I'm working on it, working on it. It literally took me two and a half months to build up this website drop that I was going to do. Cause I was like, yeah. I'm going to get a hundred beads on here. That should be more than enough for anybody that's messaged me that's wanted one. And, sure. uh, so I built this up and I did this website drop. There was 107 beads on it and it sold out in like two minutes. And wow. I, man, like I still to this day, like if I do a website drop and it sells out pretty quick, I'm still always, it still blows my mind. It's nuts. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's awesome that it, that it's like that, but yeah, it was the website drop really is, I, it's really more a convenience thing because sure. when I, when I do the machining, uh, part of the reason, like you mentioned, uh, like if you go to the website, everything is sold out. Uh, that's not by design. It's just that. So I run in this machine shop, like I do. And even when I was when I was just machining, I just, I put in a lot of hours. So it's, you know, mm -hmm. come the weekend, a lot of times it's like, I don't want to be in the machine shop. Right. Uh, 
So when I do stuff now, I might machine maybe some beads or bottle openers. I mean, beads are obviously what I'm making the most of. Um, but I'll kind of go in with a little bit of a plan during the week. Like, okay, I'm going to machine this weekend. But when I machine, it's only on the weekends because we okay. have stuff going through the week. Like there's just not t- enough time for me to try to do that during the week. Cause when I, when I go in, I'll usually stay after work on a Friday and I'll tear down a machine or two machines, whatever I'm good based on whatever it is I'm going to make. And uh, uh-huh. so I have to tear down can, entire setups of jobs that we're running for the actual shop, like the normal job. And okay. uh, so I'll set it up on a Friday because it, it takes me a good hour and a half, sometimes two hours just to set everything up, depending on what's going on in the shop. So yeah. I'll do that. I'll machine Saturday. I'll machine Sunday. And I will, I basically just go in and I'll go as long as I can until I'm like, okay, I've had enough. I'm out of here. <laughs> right. Uh, and so that, that has been my, my process for doing anything I've done as far as EDC stuff goes, basically since the, I want to say almost basically until the inception, but 2015. So, you know, depending on what I do, you know, what I machine, like I just machined a bunch of micarta, micarta um, last weekend. So I've just, I machine them and they're mostly ready to go when I'm done machining. There is some finishing work I do. um, And, you know, if there's titanium, I'll do anodizing, whatever it may be. Um, so the, the website drops, I, I will try to do some, um, you know, something on Facebook. I, I don't do a lot on Instagram anymore as yeah. far as sales go, um, which is a whole other topic entirely. Um, but there's a reason for that. And, um, but no, there it's, I mean, there was never a plan to do a bunch of website drops or anything. It just kind of naturally led to that yeah. over time, the demand and what I can actually produce is just, you know, never met the demand. And sure. You know, it's just kind of been what it is, what it is. I hate the saying, but it truly <laughs> right. is what it is. Yeah. You know? no, no, no. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, you're, you're balancing that with work, you know, your, your life outside of work and, and, you know, obviously, you know, being able to, to use the shop and, and get some time in is good, but you sure. know, it's, it's obviously, you know, it takes a back seat sometimes. So that's, that's yes. understandable. Um, yes. So aside from EDC knives, uh, machining, what uh, what other hobbies do you do you have? What you know? Do you collect anything else? Do you well? Do you have any other hobbies? Sure. I mean, well, obviously, I collect knives. Uh, sure. Like we, that's that's a big hobby for me. Um, just the whole knife community in general. It, it's it's kind of crazy as far as the the actual hobby of collecting goes, as far as EDC stuff goes, because. I think, I think that's kind of what draws everybody in is the actual community aspect of it, you know? Oh, and sure. Yeah. When, and it was, you know, it's like me finding Joe in the beginning. It, that was a familiar face, a name to me. Um, and then it was just as you get into it. I mean, I've got people now, like, I, like I'll fly out to LA to see one of my good buddies. And it's, I've met him through Knives. And it's like one of my good friends. Sure. And, you know, you've got all these friends all over the country. Uh so outside, but, but that being said, um, so obviously knife collecting is a hobby of mine. Uh, I got it. Like I mentioned before, I've got, I just naturally kind of have an addictive personality. I, I, I get tunnel vision on stuff. My right. shoe collection, man, is like, <laughs> it's stupid. Like, um, I actually have a, um, so I've got the Scooby loops Instagram. I actually have a personal page too. Um, 
and it's and I don't post on it all the time, but it's just just my normal life. All and sneakers. It's funny. <laughs> it was for a minute, so I was like, I'm going to uh, during this quarantine when I started, I was like, I'm going to post a pair of shoes every day. And I was like, what will happen first? Restaurant dining rooms will open back up and people can eat in them. Or I'll run out of shoes. Oh, it man. was like everybody's like, "You're gonna run out of shoes." Do you have and your like, own shoe closet, dude? I have an entire room that is shoes. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say it because it's like it's just kind of funny. But talking about hobbies, so I like I counted the shoes. And I was like, "How far can I make it?" Posting a pair of shoes. This was, I think, in April. I was like, "How mm-hmm. far can I make it?" Posting a new pair of shoes every day until I run out. And I could have made it into October. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, I, it's ridiculous. But yeah, the I've got collection is real. It's I real. Love it, man. And the, I love the, it. The shoe addiction is real. Like I'm it's everything. Jordans. I always loved buying uh when when I when I was growing up, uh my dad my dad always worked two jobs. My mom was always a stay-at-home mom. So um, you know, my my dad was busting ass. He was he was yeah. the one providing. So I have a brother, I have an older sister, um, and so you know, he had the three of us, but so we were never spoiled with anything. You know, we want something is like, uh, if you get it, you're working for it. The only thing we were, so I, what I'm about to say, I blame, I basically I'm blaming my, my parents for my shoe addiction. <laughs> the only thing that we, me and my brother were, able, were spoiled with was like tennis shoes. So like the new pair of Jordans came out, like we got the new Jordans. Yeah. And so as I've gotten older and they do all these Jordan releases, I love going back and buying the Air Jordans I had when I was a kid and rebuying them as an adult. I like, and that's kind of actually what sparked the whole shoe thing. But now it's crazy, man. I've got everything. Adidas, a, a it's not just Jordan. It's Adidas. It's thorough, good boots, man. It's Yeezys. It's, dude, yes. Yeah, I've got many a Yeezy. <laughs> I'm, so, not a, I'm not a sneakerhead, but I, I understand the, the the obsession and I, I, and I completely... Uh, I, I get it, man. I know yeah. uh, no judgment whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I mean, are there any that like, cause I know the sneaker game is, is the same or crazier when it comes to drops and secondary and all that stuff. So like, are there any that you were like stoked to get or, or any that were super hard to get or anything like that, that, that really stick out to you? Um, well, yeah, but it's, it's nothing that it's kind of like, it's like anything. It's I mean, it, that's actually a really good comparison, comparing it to knives. The the secondary on shoes is definitely real, and it's very much like uh, in the knife community. Um, no, man, I strike out on everything. Right. I, it, it's impossible. Um, I like there's a, there's a there's a pair of uh, Jordan fours coming out. There's a there's a like a boutique brand called Union LA. So there's this drop that's happening um, on August twenty eighth. Uh-huh. And you can bet your ass I'm trying to get these shoes. Uh, but it's funny because I think the shoes are going to retail for 220 bucks. But you can uh, there's a there's an app. Anyone that's in the shoes probably knows what the goat what the goat app is. Uh-huh. And it's just it's like a secondary uh, app for buying shoes. Right. So these shoes that I want to buy like 220 bucks. They're already on the Go app for like twenty two hundred dollars for a oh pair my of shoes, God. a pair of sneakers. <laughs> I will not be spending twenty two hundred dollars on a pair of sneakers, which is Man. funny because it's like you think about knives, and it's like uh, some of like I used to, like I said, when I first got into it, like I was like, I need the customs, I need them now. You know what I mean? I yeah. need to f- feed myself with these knives, and 
originally, man, I was like paying out the ass chasing secondary right. stuff because you can't get it on the primary stuff. And yeah, so, you know, it's just kind of funny. It's actually funny. I actually uh, took delivery today of a uh, bench made mini bug out. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's the first bench made knife I've ever owned. I've never owned really? one. Yeah. It's the first bench made. I what, was always. What do you think of it? I like it, dude. I like it. I actually bought the uh, the titanium uh, fly titanium scales. Nice. Because it's I got the stormtrooper one. Looking, yeah. I don't think they call it that, but it's stormtrooper colorway. So right, right, right. Yeah, but I liked all the black hardware, the black blade, and so I, then I'm just going to anodize these scales. I was going to say, I'm, I'm sure you're going to throw some color on it. Yeah, I gotta gotta pimp it out. You know what I mean? So love it, man. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a funny. Little size. It's a it's a nice it's a nice EDC size for sure. It is. It is. Like I've always eyed just the normal bug out. And then I saw the mini. And it's kind of like where I've gone these days. I'm kind of more into smaller-ish knives. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I just want to try it. It's kind of funny because with all the COVID-19 and the quarantines and all that good stuff, uh-huh. uh, I've just gotten to a point with collecting where I, I mainly like a lot of these makers that I can, I mean, I consider them friends and that's kind of who I collect at this point as I collect guys that I actually know and consider friends. And so with the knife shows being out uh, and that's really where I get, I've always attended shows since Mm -hmm. 2015, you know, I I try to hit at least a couple shows a year. And uh, so with that being gone, and the opportunity to buy custom pieces. It's funny. I've been buying more production stuff. Uh, like I recently bought a spider co the uh, pair of three, like a fully serrated pair of three. Cause I wanted it okay. for work. Uh, yeah. I just got this bench made. Uh, so it's funny how I'm kind of, it's like, I'm going back to buying some production stuff now. And it's actually been kind of like a breath of fresh air, to be honest. It's kind of fun buying this stuff. You're used to, even if you get a custom from somebody, you know, and it's, say it's 800 bucks i mean 800 bucks that's a lot of money for a knife yeah it's crazy yeah, no and doubt so, so it's kind of been uh nice on the old pocketbook to buy some right. stuff and kind of feed feed the the need of a new knife you know what i mean yeah but yeah i, I mean, love it's... it man that's that's good to hear it's good to hear that that you're doing that and and you know it is it is nice to be able to go in and just click add to cart and you, you see the the total with shipping and everything and you don't you know uh, almost faint from the uh, the sticker shock of it. it so, is. yeah, yeah, go ahead. Man. You you have you have worked on a ton of projects. You have have worked with a ton of different makers. Um, you know, I'm not gonna ask you to name them all, but I mean, are there any over the last five years or so that collaboration wise just kind of stick out, or or any that that were really meaningful to you? Um, you know, it's kind of funny. I haven't really done a ton of collab work, even over the years, I've, I've done a lot of stuff, but like most recently, um, like 45, 45 caliber. Right. right. That comes to mind. Yeah. So I, that was my most recent thing. And that was, that was fun. Uh, just that. And I mainly, I just did a little bit of milling. I, I, I've got this little pigeon logo that I've started incorporating (laughs) into stuff. Yeah. And uh, so it was cool to take someone else's product, put them in a machine throw my logos on them and refinish them and do them to my style. That was kind of fun to do. Um, but honestly, man, outside of that, I really haven't done a ton of, of collab work. And it's funny you say that okay. um, because I really don't think about it too much. And then when you say it, it's like, I'm sitting here thinking, it's like, who have I done collab stuff with? Well, and and for me, I guess, I guess what I'm thinking of is like anodization, like just scrolling through your feed and seeing, 
like swan stuff that you've anodized or yes. a barrel flashlight or whatever, you know, anything you've, you know, and th- I guess those may not necessarily be collaborations, but just seeing your work or your flair or your style thrown onto someone else's gear is always cool to see. Um, yeah. And I so I, I guess I was just wondering if there was anything in particular that, that stuck out to you or any, any, anything that was kind of a favorite of yours. Gearing Up is sponsored by Novel Carry. If you're not familiar with them, their goal is to filter out all the noise and help you focus on getting quality gear at fair prices from really talented makers. Whether you're looking for knives, leather goods, pocket tools, beads, or anything EDC related, they've got you covered. Trust me. I've been a customer of Novel Carry in the past. Um, I'm a huge fan of what these guys are doing, and they mean it when they say that this is EDC for the community, EDC by the community, the maker's marketplace. These guys are crushing it. Be sure to go check them out. In fact, they've always got a monthly giveaway going on. Head over to NovelCarry.com and enter into their monthly giveaway for a chance to win some awesome gear to step up your EDC. Again, that's N-O-V-E-L-C-A-R-R-Y.com. Okay, with that, absolutely. And that, um, <laughs> it's funny because a lot of this stuff, like if, if you're following me on Instagram and you see a lot of that stuff, like like the pull tabs, um, mm-hmm. usually it's just my stuff. <laughs> right. Just like I get it and I'm like, all right, I want to like do something fun to this. And uh, so I'll do that. I guess not just saying that too, I have done some collab stuff with Nick Swan. Like he, and it wasn't anything crazy. It was more him just sending me some titanium pull tabs and like, Hey man, just go to town on them. Um, but yeah, like the, the Burnley side pops, like that kind of stuff to me is fun to anodize because knives to me, people, and I really don't even take on much outside anodizing work because right. it got to a point where it was like, I had good intentions to do this and that. And it was just, taken me forever to do it and i always said anyone that i took i was like if you don't mind waiting for this forever i was like i mean i might do it in two days it might be two years it's not really going to be two years but i was like as long as you have no expectation of turnaround you know i'll do it and really i've never charged which in hindsight is probably dumb of me but (laughs) usually when i did usually when i did anodize it was for like someone that was a buddy or something hey man we we anodize sure i'll anodize it man uh but yeah, uh, you know, I, stuff I don't have to take apart, like a knife is like, I don't want to take this knife apart. Right. I don't want to strip these screws out, anything like that. So uh, little gadgets and b- pocket tools, beads, I, all those all those things are fun to work on for me. And yeah. especially if it's stuff that I'm into collecting, like the um, the Michael Birch. I don't know if you, do you follow Michael Birch or know of him? I've, I know of him, yes. Okay, yeah, he makes these bottle openers just called a bottle rocket and they're simple and they look like a rocket. Uh, right. I just, I dig the design. Uh, I like doing those. He's, he's been doing like the quarantine drinking team bottle openers and oh, stuff nice. like that. So yeah. those have been kind of fun to work on. Uh, but yeah, man, it's, it's kind of weird too. Cause I haven't done a ton of anodizing. Like I haven't made titanium anything for a minute. Yeah. Which was kind of my like bread and butter for the longest time. And maybe I guess, I guess that's mainly, you know, as my tastes have changed and and anything I'm making, is kind of just what I think is cool. And then I hope that other people think they're cool too. (laughs) So, you know, you just never know because I've made stuff and that I think is cool. And like, oh, this is awesome. And then I'll throw it in. Like you're talking about like the website drops and 
everything will sell really quick, but then there's like that one item or two and they've eventually sold, but like two hours in, there's still some left. So I was like, all right, well, I thought it was cool, but apparently not everybody else does. So just, you know, there's a, there's a little bit of that, but yeah, I think as far as collab work and stuff, yeah, I would say most of the stuff I do, it's really just sanitizing my own stuff own just stuff. for fun. Cause it's kind of, you know, it's fun to do. So yeah, that, that, it's weird. The, the guys that. that are into anodizing, the guys that are into anodizing seem to like anodize and re-anodize and anodize. Yeah. And it just, it seems like it's one of those things. And that's why I haven't gotten into it. Cause if I got into it, it's all I would be doing for weeks on end. Just like it, the any cool spare factor, time I have. Yeah. Yes. When you first learn how to do anodizing, the cool factor of changing color of metal like that is ridiculously awesome. And it's even nowadays, uh, I'll, I'll give Ty Kirsch a little, a little shout out. Um, shout out, shoot. Yeah. yeah shoot. Yeah. Designs because <laughs> man, he, I've seen like, I've, I've had a lot, I've always been in an open book. So I've had over the years, man, I can't even tell you how many people have asked, Hey, they'll sh- like, what do I need for anodizing? They'll show me what they've got going on. their setup, And yeah. I've always been more, more than happy to help somebody out. And, so I don't know how many times I've recorded my Anno setup and my process to people. And I don't think I ever did that with Ty, but shout out to Ty because dude, he took the Anno and ran with it. And he's anyone, crushing it. dude, he is crushing it and he's doing awesome work. So anyone that usually hits me up for Anno, it's like, I'm not really taking on any Anno, but hit up Ty Kirsch. Cause he does a ridiculously awesome job. Huge shout out. Dude, he's, uh, he's, he's uh, killing Kai's, it with the Anno. Kai's a Texas boy. He, uh, yes. he and I have met yes. up for lunch before. And, and, uh, so I, I do know Ty as well. And yeah, awesome. I mean, I remember when he first told me he was getting into it, it was one of those things where I was like, this is going to be cool to see, you know, I, you know, to, you know, what do you say to someone's like, I'm going to start doing it. Okay, cool. You know, cool. I, right. I just want to uh-huh. see it. Right. But he, yeah, I mean, just, obviously there's, there's sort of this entry level of learning those different colors, but there is an art to it in learning like layering and masking. And I mean, in a very short time, he has just absolutely yes. blown it out of the water. I mean, it's with, insane. It's absolutely the, insane. With the Anno, man, it's like when I, when I first started doing anodizing, it's funny when I first got into all the EDC stuff. So 2014, one of the, like the, the, First things I really saw, like, you know, besides the the JBB bead, one of the gadgets I just was like inundated with and thought it was so cool was the key bar. Um, yeah. so, and I'm sure a ton of people know what a key bar is. And it's funny because I bought so many key bars in 2014. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and what, the first titanium beads I ever made, I actually hit up Mike Taylor of key bar mm-hmm. and sent him a video. And I was like, hey, man, think you'd anodize these for me. And so he's like you made these and i'm like yeah he's like bro i gotta call let me call can i call you i gotta call you so he calls me and we talk on the phone and he's like bro you bro you and like what you made these man and i'm like yeah and he's like hell yeah man send them my way so i sent those to mike taylor the first like several batches i ever did that uh-huh. were anodized titanium they were always anodized by mike taylor of key bar and after a while, he was like, man, if you're going to keep doing this, he's like, I can show you how to do this. And I was like, all right, I mean, cool. So he kind of gave me a list of stuff I needed. He's yeah. like, buy all this stuff. This is what you need to do. Good Anno. Buy all that. Holler at me when you get it. So I'm like, all right. right. 
So I buy all this stuff and I buy a power supply, uh, multi etch, all this stuff. And, you know, at that point I had read a lot online. So I, I, I rigged up this like hillbilly anno set, uh, set up. <laughs> and so I get it all going and like, I'm trying it and I can't get the bright colors. Like I see that he always has. Uh-huh. So I hit him up. I'm like, all right, man, I got it. I tried to do this on my own and it is, it does not look good. What am I doing wrong? So I sent him, he has me send him this video and he just texts me back. LOL. Call me when you're available. So I call him and he's like, dude, you're doing everything I did. I was set up in my kitchen with like a hot plate <laughs> and doing all this crazy stuff. So yeah. he's like, dude, I'm going to take you to pro school and make you good at anodizing. I'm like, okay. So Love I spent, yeah. you know, I'm sitting there on a video call with him back in like 2000. Yeah, I guess it was the end of 2014, beginning of 2015, something like that. And he shows me how to do all this stuff. And uh, so it was like, after that, I was like instantly good at Anno. And then anything you, you know, then the more you do it, you start figuring out little tricks you can do and this and that. But dude, Mike Taylor was props to him too, man. Shout out to Mike Taylor. Yeah. He, dude, he played such a pivotal role in helping me out in the beginning of doing all that. And at the time, uh, you know, Mike was doing this Anno for me and, so he would post stuff on his key bar account. And at the time, his Instagram, I don't remember what it was, man, but it, you know, it was like 20, 25,000 people. And to me, I was like, right. holy shit. Like that is right? so many people. <laughs> and, and that's the thing with uh, Instagram at the time that was before algorithms and yeah. everything was just chronological. And so yeah. my account, my account with him posting those beads, dude, it was insane. Like anytime he would make a post, I would be gaining hundreds and hundreds of followers every time he would make a post. And so my account from just from Mike Taylor posting this stuff, like before I knew it, I knew it, man, I was like at like 5,000 followers. Like this is insane. And, uh, and it just kind of grew organically. And it was just the more I did, it seemed like the more people were seeing this stuff and the, the followers just kept coming and kept coming. And then dude, I, I, if you're not a, like, um, a half naked female influencer right now and <laughs> props to those that aren't half naked. I, that I don't want to say, I, you know, I don't want to be say the wrong thing. Cause I feel like you can't, you gotta be careful with everything you say these days, but you gotta be PC, man. You dude, but PC. yeah, but Hey, the female body sells, let's be real. Oh no, know? no joke. Yeah. And you know, and it's not, that's not all it is, but dude, it is so hard to, to me. It seems like it is anyways. Yeah to grow a brand right now to really break through it's it's yeah i mean it's almost impossible since 2016 it's funny uh i don't even i know i have like 42 or 43,000 followers i had in 2016 i was like at 44,000 my account has done nothing but drop a little bit since 2016 i've gained no followers and it's great. And Instagram is weird like that. It, it's, it's odd. I honestly can't explain it. You know, um, kind of float. It is. It, it's odd. So I, I like Instagram and obviously I still post on it. I'm not, I used to like post every single day on Instagram. Like I, right. I'm looking at my, like I have 30, almost 3,700 posts on Instagram. Right. And like now I might post once or twice a week, but it's kind of funny because you look at, you look at the follower count and the engagement that was there pre-algorithms versus now, it's like, 
dude, it's not even a comparison. It's, yeah. and it's kind of why I use my Facebook count, um, group more just because the engagement's there. I feel like more people see it. Absolutely. And, and it's a weird thing like that. So if you're, if you're able to build a brand on Instagram, especially being something EDC related in, in, I'm going to say 2020, but really 2019, 18, 17. Yeah. Shout out to you because you're doing something right. Um, it's weird. Just, and personally from an own, from my own personal standpoint, um, I wish that Instagram would give you the option to either have an algorithm or have a true chronological order. Right. Because oh, there's that's a the thing. Of people that want that. Yeah. Dude, I mean, it, absolutely. it sucks. It sucks because like, I'm not even as, as engaged with the people I follow. And because I'll get on Instagram, you know, just during the day and check it out. And, you know, I'll go through, I'll make some comments on stuff, like some things, yeah. you know, and then I'll get back to work or whatever it is I'm doing. And it drives me absolutely nuts when I hop back on six hours later and I'm seeing the same things I just Same saw. exact stuff. Yeah. And I lose interest. And I yeah. think that's kind of the thing with like what I'm talking about from my own personal experience. I think just the engagement's down because I don't want to see something from three days ago and I don't want to see what I've already seen five times today. Oh, it's the worst when I see like a, a, a you know, some, a maker that I'm following and it's like a one-off or a, uh, a random sale and I'm like, Oh my God, this is my chance. And I look at the timestamp and it's two days ago and I'm like, what the hell? Dude, like, is dude. this real? Come on. Literally... Like, this is going live on the website in 45 minutes and the post is seven hours old. I'm like, what? Greg, this, this literally just, this literally just happened to me yesterday. What you oh just God. said. Um, oh so, God. <laughs> um, all right. So check it. I, um, so like I said, I, I've always I've always been into spider codes. I, I I just like the spidey hole. I like yeah, you can flick it, do whatever. Oh it's just, no! I think oh cool. no! Is I it a wreck? Is it? Oh god! Is it a wreck? Uh, what's that? Was it was it one of the wrecks? No 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 no. Okay. No. Anyways, go ahead. No. So <laughs> no. I, so I where I was going, I was say. Um, so I've always um, for I don't know a couple years. Anyways, like I've always liked the Casey Lynch pocket clips that he does on them. Yeah. Right. So I've always bought the Lynch Northwest pocket clips. Well, uh, more recently, kind of like everything else, like uh, not going to shows, I guess I'm seeing more stuff on the internet. And I've always been aware of like the Casey Lynch pry bars. And mm-hmm. recently I was like, man, I really want one of these. And it's like, I always go to the website. They're sold out. They're sold out. They're sold out. Mm-hmm. And I try not to chase too much on the secondary. And I realize it's just a, a, you know, a pry bar. But at the end of the day, it's like, I want to, I want the money to go to Casey. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, and, for sure. Um, so I saw a post like three days ago or two days ago, I guess that, um, he, he, Casey had made a post on there and he was restocking all the pry bars. And I was like, uh-huh. hell yeah. I was like, dude, I am on it. I set a reminder on my phone, 4 PM Pacific time. So 1 PM my time. Um, I went on there yesterday at 1 PM my time and nothing was on there. I was refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. I'm like, what the hell? So I go back to Casey's post and I realized the post that I saw was like a day old. From oh. the day I'd seen. So the drop had been the day before. Oh, <laughs> I was like, man, you gotta be shitting me. <laughs> and it's funny. So like, uh, so at that point I was over, I was like, I, I need to get one of these. So, um, uh, I actually went into my Facebook group and made a post yesterday and I was actually able to get the 2.5 and the 1.5 access pry yes. bars. I traded yeah. with a couple people. So it was all good, but it's funny. Uh, uh, Tom Medvedich, uh, text me, EDC. 
Uh, Love Tom. Yeah, dude, Tom's the best. So he texts me and he's like, dude, I will just uh, hit up Casey. It's as easy as that. Yeah. And I'm like, at that point, I was like, well, I've already made a trade. So I said, that would be bad for him. I'm good. But I was like, uh, if you and Casey, and I know him and Casey are kind of boys. I know they talk. So I was like, all right, noted. Next time, if I, I'm, I'll go the website route. If I strike out, I will hit you up. And that's funny. He just texted me, Tom, because I, <laughs> I had sent him some bees. I, I'd done some trading with Tom. Uh, so he got yeah. the bees. That's good because he was saying his mail was sucking lately. Yeah, Tom, Tom's a shit. I love Tom. Great guy. Yeah, he's he's been on the show before. Uh, it, it's he's always a treat to talk to for sure. Yeah, I actually <laughs> I actually listened to that one, the uh, your podcast with him. Yeah, so yeah, I listened. You know, to we've that. we've we've mentioned it a few times, and I I wanted to bring it up, and I wanted to get your input, and I've, I've kind of already gotten it just in what we've talked about, but the secondary market, and more specifically the secondary market on your products. You know, obviously, okay. I'm sure that that's a little weird to see that that's a, you know, it gains yeah. this popularity. They sell out immediately. And now, so I just want necessarily, not necessarily your, you know, obviously it exists, but just your, your thoughts on it. I mean, how do you feel about the secondary market on your products? And like, obviously they don't always go for drop prices. Sometimes they do, but, um, you know, the Absolutely. secondary in any hobby is, is there's, there's some kind of markup. So, I mean, I just wanted to get your input on that and, and your thoughts. Uh, I, I was going to say as much as I hate the statement, but obviously I don't hate the statement that much because I've now said it is what it is twice now. So it kind of is sure. what it is. I mean, honestly, I think that's with anything that people collect, whether it be, you know, watches, shoes, uh, knives, beads, whatever it is. I mean, there's people that I think go in to buy stuff because they think they can make a little bit of money on the flip. And right. Ultimately for me, um, I would rather somebody buy buy my stuff that wants to keep it and enjoy it. Um, but sure. that being said, I'm not mad at it, you know. And really, the the secondary on you know a bead, a bottle openers, like in 2020, it's really not that inflated. Some of the stuff sure. is like, and it's kind of weird where that goes because, you know, like you might see something I sold. Most of the stuff, I'm gonna say most of the beads I sell range between maybe 50 and 70 bucks. And that's kind of where I've always priced them. But I think nowadays, like a titanium bead, I, I sell it for, it's like 72, basically 72 bucks shipped. So 65 bucks right. plus shipping. And that might sell for around, around $100, which isn't too crazy of a markup. But sure. um, not when you it, factor in fees and shipping and all that stuff. I sure. mean, that, that to me isn't that crazy. Exactly. And so as far as secondary goes, um, it just, I'm not mad at it. And honestly, it's, I think it's healthy for a maker to have a secondary market because if sure. it's like, if I'm selling something for 60 bucks and then someone's trying to sell it for 70 bucks and they're dropping it to my price and they still can't sell it. Well, then to me, that says that that product is overpriced at that yeah. point. And, and I'm not even going to say there hasn't been stuff that I've sold and people have bought and it's like, they're trying to sell it and it's like, eh, nobody wants it. <laughs> and it is what it is. And it's, it's like, um, it's funny because I've seen the things that blow me away is like, um, I've done, I think everybody has seen like the shredded money composite stuff at this point. 
Globe you know, money. over the years, like the shredded yeah. money. So I've made the beads, I've made beads out of shredded money. And that material, I mean, it's just like a, it's just like a resin, like a polycarbonate yeah. that has shredded money that you can buy from the federal reserve. And, um, those beads, like, I think I sold them for like 60 bucks and the material, I mean, relatively inexpensive. Like I can't even remember who I bought it from, to right. be honest. Uh, it's been a few years, but it's like, I buy this material, say it was like 50 bucks and I sold them. I might get like three or four beads out of the, out of the bar that I had and I'm selling them for 60 bucks, but I've seen them resell for like $300 yep. and even more <laughs> recent, even more recently. And it's like, oh, yeah. Damn boys, that's like Calm that's down. awesome. But at the same time, it's it's kind of like this. It's just one of those things too. Because to me, like they're cool, and like when I did them, that was like I feel like that was kind of when everyone first started using shredded money stuff. And yeah. um, so years have passed, and it's like those still sell for a ridiculous amount of money, yeah. and and they're really some of the more inexpensive, one of the more inexpensive materials. So sometimes for me to see stuff like that, it's hard for me to like, I feel like I have a pretty good pulse of like the knife community and what people are sure. into. And, 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 you know, it kind of goes back to what I said. Like I typically make what I'm into and I hope that other people like it, but you know, you see stuff and you see what other guys are into. And, and, you know, I kind of try to cater to that too. You know, I don't want to make a bunch sure. of stuff that nobody wants, but, uh, yeah, as far as the secondary, I think it it just kind of is what it is. I think it's part of yeah. any collecting thing, and I, and honestly, as far as any maker goes, no matter what it is, knives, pocket trinkets, I, I think it's good to have a healthy secondary. Yeah, I, for sure. I, I don't want to see people getting just. I mean, I guess it goes back to you know something's only worth what someone will pay, and oh yeah, absolutely. That's that's true, but at the same time, it's like. <sighs> it sucks for me to make something and I sell it at my price. And then, you know, sh props to the person that can make, if someone can make a hundred, $200 on something, you know, more power yeah. to you. But at the same time, I'm like, man, I wish someone could have just bought it. That would have enjoyed it. Yeah. And, you know, and if they sell it down the road, but you do see, you see people, you, you drop stuff and then within two days of getting it, it's for sale. And it's, yeah. it doesn't really bother me. It's, it's just kind of the nature of it. I think yeah. as far as the EDC world goes. Well, and, and, you know, this isn't the case with your products, but I mean, there have been some makers that I see, whether it's their products or their, or their collaborations or some knife makers that have done like production runs of stuff that they get scooped up. Nope. Nope. Obviously no pun intended there, but they get, they get grabbed really quickly right. and then sold on the secondary. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll go on the secondary for a stupid amount or what, what I think is more hurtful to the brand and hurtful to the maker is they start going on raffles and, and now you've taken this two or three or four or five or $800, you know, whatever it is. And you've turned it into $60 a spot. And, and to me, yes. I just feel like that erodes the, the value even further. Yes. And, and, you know, obviously you know what stuff is worth, you know what table price is, but if I spent $60 on a raffle spot and got a thousand dollar knife, like I'm okay selling it at $600. Right. And, and so right. to me, I, I always worry about that kind of stuff. So like I said, fortunately it doesn't seem to happen with your stuff, but just uh, an observation on, on the secondary from, from what I've seen. Yeah. And, and obviously to build and to build on what you just said and that, like if you, if you went back deep in my, into my Instagram, you would see uh -huh. where 
you know, years ago I had done auctions on stuff. I ran, I've never done raffles on anything, but I had done auctions. And honestly, as, as I've been in the knife community more and that I've continued to make stuff like you're rarely, if ever going to see me do an auction on anything. I just, I'm kind of where if, if it's a knife maker and it's a knife and you know, it's some cool exotic bill, you know, I get yours. That's what I say. Get yours. But for me personally, I just want to set a price and that I think's fair to me, that I yeah. think's fair to whoever wants to buy it and then call it a day. I just, done. Yeah. I, yeah, I just, I hate to like try to chase money in an auction. I just, it's like, it's like ultimate cringe for me. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> like, I just like, I, I don't want to chase max profit. I just want to set a price and it is, you know, if it sells it that cool, if it doesn't, that's fine too, you know, because yeah. at the end of the day, all the stuff I'm doing, like this is this, whole, the whole Scooby loops thing, it, it definitely has turned in to an awesome side hustle for me. I mean, don't, don't get it twisted. I, it, it's been an awesome side hustle and it's turned into something I never would have thought it would have turned into. Yeah. But at the end of the day, for me personally, I, I don't rely on, doing Scoopy Loop stuff really for anything. Uh, And it's really, it's, it's something I still enjoy doing, you know, I, and it's part of the reason why you don't see me just constantly cranking stuff out, trying to like sell as much as I can, because then at that point, yes. And it's just, I think at that point when it starts becoming an actual, like seems like an actual job, that's when I think I would stop doing stuff. And I just, it wouldn't be fun anymore. Um, But I think once again, I think the knife being, in the knife community, not just like, because it's like, I guess a lot of people might look at me as a maker. I've always, I've never really looked at myself like that. Like sure. sure, I make stuff, but I'm collecting knives and I don't look at myself on that level. And I'm sure I'm making beads, uh, pocket trinkets, and obviously they're selling and, you know, and I have built a brand on it, but at the, at the end of the day, it's really just being in the knife community and the camaraderie that exists that really keeps me in it. I think if, if somehow I lost that and I just was like, yeah, I'm not really into knives anymore. I'm not real sure that I would keep doing it to be honest. I don't think I would be doing it, just chasing it to make, yeah. make some money on it. I think if I fell out of the knife collecting hobby, I think I would fall out of making that stuff. So it's just always been something fun for me to do. And, yeah. you know, it's kind of one of those things I get people who uh, will kind of like discover me like, you know, all the time I'll get like a DM, somebody that's not all the time, but I'll get a DM here and there. Somebody that just discovered me. And it's funny. I have like a copy and paste response on my phone because it's so long winded to try to explain it to someone who's new to EDC. Right. And so it's like, I've got a generic answer for it. Um, But yeah, man, it's just, you know, it's kind of secondary is what it is. And then as far as everything else, it's just, I just kind of organically do do things as I'm feeling it and or not feeling it. I mean, right. I've gone on hiatuses before where I haven't had anything available for maybe two or three months. And it was just right. like, I mean, I just, I don't know. I don't know, guys, I'm still here. I'm still posting in the knife groups and stuff. I'm still here. I just haven't felt like making anything. I've just yeah. I've been busy, you know, either with work or something else going on. Um, hmm. So, you know, it's just always stayed fun and, and hopefully it, you know, stays like that. 
Yeah, I mean, I I love that, and I I I did a a show with uh, Daigle Knives. He's a maker, pretty small maker, uh, down here He's in Houston. Team Tech. I was just sad. I. I don't know his work. I'd recognize the name. I was going to say that's Texas, I think. Right? Yeah, so he uh, was big on the forums a long time ago. And he and I have kind of joked back and forth. We finally you know, got a chance to do one of these. And he gave me a really great perspective on it. You know, Because for me, I see so many makers. And and you know, obviously, I do the podcast. Like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. If somebody came to me tomorrow and said, hey, you can do this full time, I, I think I'd probably give it a shot, right? But <laughs> right, right. he gave me a really great perspective. And he was like, there's a reason I don't keep like a traditional set of books or, or whatever. He was like, I don't want to have to make the same knife 15 times because then it isn't what I yes. wanted it to be. And he's got a day job and he like that he loves. And so that to me was just a great takeaway from that where, you know, it, it really is a lot of the community and the fun and the, 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 the sweat and the work that he puts into it is, is really about doing it and having fun with it and not chasing yes. money. And so that's, that's refreshing to hear, man, that that's sort yeah. of a shared, a shared and thing across a bunch of makers. It's kind of funny like that too. You're talking about him making knives and it is, you, it's funny. Like, cause over the, I mean, over the years I've, I've been able to get on uh knife makers books here and there. Uh, and it's funny because when that time comes and you know knife maker hits you up like hey man you're up uh you got a spot what are you wanting i i'm trying to think and and honestly i haven't had a ton of book spots i can think of four off the top of my head but i think mm-hmm. most of the most of the custom stuff i've had i've i've won lottos at knife shows but right the custom spots i've had i've never i've never requested a certain i might have requested a model but I've never requested this material or this blade. I've always, I've kind of treated it like, like if you get a tattoo, you kind of might have an idea, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I, you kind of want the artist to do his yeah. thing because you're going to end up with something that they're feeling. And I think you're going to end up with a better product at the end of the day. Absolutely, so I can totally see a knife maker. And I know knife makers personally that do operate like that. It's like no books and it's just, I kind of make what I want. And I'll just kind of sell it how I want. But yeah, I could see that because if you do that and you're just making the same thing over and over and over, it stops becoming fun then. Absolutely. Oh man. Okay. So really I just kind of have two, two questions left and then I'll, I'll close it out. Uh, But I'm going to kind of combine these, but you know, I wanted to ask, is there anything coming up or, or, or anything you're working on now? I know you said you did some, some my Carter recently, but I mean, is there anything unique or big or special coming up that, that uh, you're working on that you want to share um, or anything that you're excited about specifically done have you know, and, and that doesn't even have to be sure. EDC. Obviously you're stoked about those shoes that are coming out soon. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a really awesome response to that. <laughs> right. But I don't, I will say this though. I will say this. Um, so I did the micarta. Um, I never really know what I'm going to do until I like, and it's not like I ever plan like, Hey, I'm going to come like a week in advance. I'm going to machine this weekend. A lot of times it's just kind of the middle of the week. It's coming through and I'm like, I'm going to come in here and do some stuff this weekend. And sure. then I just kind of take inventory of what I have. Uh, one thing I do want to do more of, and I've talked with him about it. And I guess this kind of goes back to the collab stuff. They've never really been collabs. He's just made material for me. Mm-hmm. I bought it from him. And then, um, so some people may know of him. Some may not. He used to have, 
he still has an Instagram, but he's not active at all. It's his Facebook group now. Now, but uh, John Phillips of Wisco Works. Wisco uh, Works, shout out, Grow yeah, Freddy. Yeah, yes. hell yeah, that he's awesome. Real, yes, hands down, and no BS. Like that material, and I'm think, man, I've done so many materials over the years. Oh like, yeah, I've done, I've done stuff that doesn't even exist on knives, just to like try to do something different. Like I'll just Google like colored rods and try to find random stuff. But that glow Fetty stuff he makes, I'm going to, I'm going to say it's probably not probably it's my favorite material I've ever done. Wow. I just think that I've done a lot of composite and resin stuff in the past and his stuff is on point and machines good. And not only does it machine good, but it looks badass. Like, oh yeah, uh, it does. And everybody loves who doesn't love stuff that glows in the dark. Shoot, uh, exactly. So <laughs> that. So I've actually uh, I reached out to him and was talking to him, and I expressed doing more. He yeah, he was on board. So. Um, yeah, I'm just waiting. yeah. It seemed, it seemed like he kind of popped. You know, I know he's been around for a while. I've yeah, I've known him for a, a minute back when right. he was a little more active on Instagram and, uh-huh. and you know, I, I knew the name Wisco works before I knew his name. Um, and, and, you know, it seemed like he was kind of grinding it out, grinding it out. And then he just kind of popped. And now all of a sudden, even old Wisco works beads on the secondary are selling for 250 bucks. Like yes. he just out of nowhere just shot up. And I mean, yes. well-deserved mad credit yes. to him because he's, he's been crushing it too. So it's funny um, because I've gone in on some of his drops and it's, uh, I think that's something too. A lot of people don't realize like um, a lot of people do, but a lot of people don't like, Mm -hmm. I know the pain of trying to buy something that is limited quantity online from a maker and taking the L, you know what I mean? And it's funny, John's done some drops and like I had one where it was just like first 10 ins and I was uh, the first in. And it was funny because I was like, Oh my God, it's rigged. I was like, hell yeah. First comment. I got it. I was so pumped. But yeah, dude, uh, John's killing it. So I say that's probably the thing I'm most looking forward to next. Just trying to get some more of more of his material. He's constantly raising the bar with that stuff. It's like, like I saw something he did. Uh, it's either today or yesterday called uh, Copper Fetty, and I don't oh, know wow. if it's copper in it or not, but it looks like kind of copperish and that it glows. Awesome. But it's cool. What are you yeah. looking forward to, man? What are you into right now? Oh God, nobody asks me that. Uh, Jesus, out of left field, man. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, I I have spent a lot of time recently slimming down and really specifying the collection from a practical standpoint. Uh, sure. We have we have a almost four month old uh, and a three year old, but the four month old like. So it's like <laughs> babies are the focus right now. So oh, like yeah. I'm I'm trying not to spend as much, but. Right. Uh, but no, I mean, outside of that, like I, I'm really excited about this. So obviously we're recording this, uh, today is, uh, August 20th. This isn't going to go up for a few weeks, um, right. probably, probably mid to late September. So right now I'm really excited about this. I mean, this was <laughs> yeah, kind of like a, a I, I don't, I don't know how much of my background you're, you're aware of, but like before I did my current gig, um, I worked at an ad agency where I bought media for a client, um, yes. on podcasts and radio and stuff like I that. Actually, so, I'm, I'm going to interrupt you and say, I've no. actually listened probably to more of your podcasts. And I realized, uh, when you did the first ones, like when your wife was on them with you yeah. and I think you had just, I don't, I think it's your current job still, but you were about four months into it. I think yep. at the time, yep. um, 
I've actually yeah, listened so, to a lot of your podcasts, believe it or not. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. So I, and, and, and honestly, I set out to do this show and, and really just kind of scratch my own, you know, itch in talking to folks like you and hearing the cool stories behind how things came to be. Um, and, and it really set out to just like, I just want to see if I can do it. Like, I just want to see if I can, you know, check all the boxes and I, and I could, you know, it was doable. And so now, uh, I've been able to book some guests, I'm lining up sponsors and like, so it's, it's becoming more of a, I wouldn't call it a side hustle, but I'm just excited to be able to, to, sit down and chat with people and carve out time like this. So that's what I'm excited about is, is doing more of these. Um, yeah. I think the interviews, I think it's always fun to hear interviews, especially when it's somebody that you follow and, you know, sometimes you might know them. Sometimes you, and I think a lot of times on, you know, through social media, you feel like, you know, somebody, even sure. if you don't. And so I think it's always cool to listen to a podcast or an interview or whatever it may be. Yeah. And you can kind of get a little bit of a feel for the person better, their background. So yeah, yeah dude, I, I think that, I think it'll be fun to hear some more of your interviews and, and listen to some folks and see where they come from and what their background is. Absolutely. All right, John, I, I don't have anything else in my notes. I, I scratch them off as I go. And this is, this is it for me. Cool. Um, anything else you want to talk about or you want to share or anything like that? Uh, nothing comes to mind, man. I do appreciate you having me on this. This is honestly, this is the first, like anything like this I've ever done. That's exciting. No one's ever asked me to do a podcast or anything like that. So, well, welcome to to the exciting world of being an everyday carry celebrity. Not at no. all. <laughs> all right, man. Well, hey, listen, I cannot thank you enough. Uh, I look forward to, to editing this and posting it and, and obviously sharing it and seeing what everybody thinks. And, and you know, obviously, if if uh, people are interested and you're interested, we'll do it again. But sure, uh, absolutely, I, 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 that's all I got, man. I'm going to let you get back to your day. And uh, cool. I look forward to talking to you again soon. All right, man. Thanks for having right. me on, Greg. Thanks, John. All right, man. Bye-bye.